Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and germs, to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. Every Saturday night, the Freak Show happens right here on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and more. Please visit our website, SaturdayNightFreakShow.blogspot.com, where you can order tonight's movie from Amazon. Follow the links on our website, and uh, it'll kick a little something back to the Freak Show, because we're trying to upgrade our audio equipment. You don't like the buzz. We don't like the buzz. Let's get rid of the buzz together, shall we? Together, we can make it happen. You're listening to the Internet Radio Superstars, including Brent, Jenny, founding member Tom Key for a guest appearance, Travis, Sean, and I guess that leaves me. I'm Colin, and I picked tonight's movie, Videodrome, from the year 1983, directed by David Cronenberg, Canadian fellow. Was, it, was it about the flush? Just a good Canadian fellow. <laughs> No, Videodrome's about a guy named uh, nice. Max Wren who loves his TV. Loves his TV, if you get my meaning. And then <laughs> it brainwashes him and turns him into a assassin. Fair enough? <laughs> Is that a synopsis of what we just watched? There's so much more in the, this in, in, within that. <laughs> well, so I, much more. in a nutshell, it's really about, like, okay, Videodrome is a type of, like... Like a, almost like a hypnosis programming, but they know that to open up your your neurons or whatever in your brain, it only reacts to violence. That's why. But they need to try to find a way. How do you take just this plain violent thing? Because video drone is that this. It's like a hidden signal on well, a carrier. What we believe at first is a hidden signal that these guys hack into. So yeah, there's, so there's just the plain violent video that opens your neurons. So they need a fun, they need Max, who's a programmer for uh, Channel eighty three or whatever for yeah, he was like, like yeah. a, TV. Uh, uh, like it's like a public broadcast channel. I don't know, it's like it's a like cable a cable channel, channel because he's he like, like looking at ris- porn he and he like showing like Riscape. It's like a you know his own private Asian channel. wood dildos. Yeah, that's he like showing that. like weird programming anyway. So that's why video drone kind of. Yeah, but Max isn't satisfied with just the softcore Asian well, porn videos. It's something a little hard. Well, because they explain they explain how and this is kind of the way TV works or any like media really. The the more you subject yourself to it, you just want more of it. You know, like like horror movies, right? You start with a little gore, but oh, I want more gore. I want more gore. Now you got like movies that are like all gore, no no story, just because you just want it, want it, want it. Well, it's kind of what, yeah, I mean, that is and you're, and you're pushing the envelope. You get, you get, it's almost like you get, what, you get, like, bored with what you see. You get, it's called desensitizing. Yeah, desensitizing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, desensitizing yourself so you're always going for something more extreme and more. Well, is that something, yeah. but that also says something to, like, Max goes on, like, a, a, like a dual personal odyssey in this movie. One, there's like something obviously within him where he's like, you know, looking at softcore stuff at the beginning. Should I put this on my channel? And he's like, no, no, no. I want something that's tough. Something, you know, that's harder than this. And it's like, Jesus, what kind of fucking guy is this? Yeah, right? I want something harder than Asian wood dildos. <laughs> yeah. 
So then he meets uh, Debbie Harry. So this is his personal journey. Aside from right, right, uh, and she's uh, what is she like? She's therapist? like a radio radio therapist, something like that, or talk show host. Mm-hmm. But she's got a kink to her. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> what's her name? It is Nikki. Nikki, yeah. She's into uh, cutting. Anything. S&M. She's into S and M. Pierce my ears. Gets uh, Max involved in this kind of. Know, try something. Well, that's also that idea that you take the the extremes you take from watching movies and television enter into your real life. Like you make your real life more extreme, matching your because like one popular or not popular one thing they keep repeating in this is the whole uh, the retina of the mind. Television's the retina of the mind. Of the mind's eye. Yeah. Well, because. That's a cool idea. Well, in actual... <laughs> okay, this is uh, uh, something scientists actually have just been talking about in the past year, where the reason they say we dream is because when we dream, we're actually putting ourselves in situations. That way, you know, in, in the dream, that way when you actually, like... Yeah, it's like... Uh, in re- yeah, it's like a... Pre- you're preparing yourself? Yeah, yeah, you're preparing yourself for an eventuality, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how and, will I deal with this later? I've already dealt with it. And in the TV like is the creating same. Creating your own deja vu. Yeah, right, for sure. Yeah. And TV, they think, might act as the same way. But we're watching oh, these extremely violent yeah. things, these yeah. very sexualized things, you know, because that's what sells, right? Sex and violence sells because it's the part of ourselves, or of our psyche, we don't tap into on a everyday basis. So that's why our entertainment... Is what we you know we want that in our entertainment because that's our escapism, our fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people think if you don't um, tap into that, that's what creates you know like uh, like you know oh. repression and stuff yes. like that. If you know that's why you watch horror movies and porno because if you don't recognize that that is a part of your psyche, then you can you know have repressed bullshit and it can you know blow out in other weird ways. So yeah, the idea that. That, that all these movies you watch enter into your real life to where sex has to become almost like a fucking, like a S&M situation or whatever, because all the, all the crazy violence and shit is just upped and upped and upped in your fantasy world, so then you want to bring it over to your real life. I'm reminded, too, of, like, uh, there's a scene in, was it Scrooged? I want to say, where uh, Bill Murray's character is constantly... Like, he's a guy who supposedly, like, grew up watching TV all the time, and so he can't differentiate between his <laughs> yeah, own yeah. memory and, like, <laughs> memories that happen on, on television, which I see as, like, you know, video drums, like, totally tapping into that, you know, what was it, like, at least 10 years prior, you know? It's kind of going in the same concept. And the other thing, this was made in 1983, and I can't help but thinking, like, this was made the same year as Halloween. Three, right? This is oh, yeah. another movie about how television can kill you. Television will warp your mind. I was saying, when was They Live? 88? 88. Yeah. But it's funny that these filmmakers make these stories about, you know, how TV is bad for you, but they're making, uh, you know, what a filmed entertainment, you know? <laughs> so it's still, you know, I mean, I, I, I know that they would probably consider it as, well, you know, I'm making a personal artistic statement and TV is just kind of mass produced, you know, stuff that kind of, you know, that you use to babysit your kids or, you know, to dull your senses in the after a hard day of work or something like that. Right. That's the difference between cinema and the television that they're skewing. Well, because well, well, to me, this is really about Skewer. also 
It's about making people more susceptible to propaganda, right? If they could find a way to make video drones susceptible or make everybody susceptible to video drone, that's why he says they can introduce any programming they want. You become the programming, right? That's why they make him an assassin at the end. You know, that's the whole whole point is, yeah, like you said, the mass-produced media, but that's what you can use for, you know, any fucking message. The church, the cathode ray church, they're using it basically... I mean, not necessarily for propaganda, but the idea that, like, well, we can reintegrate all these homeless people, but if they watch TV, they can become more, (laughs) you know, you have to become acquainted with the television world to live in the real world. That was the idea. That They make the idea a couple times that, like, real life is more real than real life, right? Or something to that effect. Yeah. That it's like real life isn't even worth living unless it's on television. Because really, we do, I mean, that's what, I mean, if you watch any television program, you can see what type of a political slant they have. And most people that either just don't think about things, they 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 hear a, a political slant and they assume, well, since it's on television, you know, this must be a consensus between us all. We all think like this, so I better not either say anything against it or else I'll be going against society or blah, blah, blah. So it's very easy to introduce you know, kind of a mass consciousness through. Uh, I think that's, I mean, those are the concepts that Cronenberg's going after this. I mean, obviously he's taking it and putting it into a like science fiction parable, right? This is how you yeah. kind of get these ideas out, you know, in a kind of a non-threatening way. You're putting them out in the guise of a science fiction movie, but it's actually talking about probably, you know, <clears throat> things that are carry a lot more weight. Um, the, uh, I mean, this movie is famous, you know, for having all these, you know, like crazy uh, makeup effects also that Rick Baker did, Rick which Baker. are, you know, I mean, once you've seen it, you're like, wow, that's the movie in which a guy makes out with his television set. <laughs> uh, Debbie Harry's lips actually come out of a TV set and, uh, and Max is like <laughs> caressing the screen, which is like this kind of, I mean, it's like a giant boob, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's breathing and it's all veiny. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. It just needed some lube, right? To, uh, <laughs> and that's what I was wondering, too. It's like, that scene cuts, but I'm like, what kind of night did that guy have after the movie <laughs> cut? Like, did this go all the way? We just didn't get to see him fuck his television. But the, the, I guess that's the conceit of the, the idea. Videodrome is a program, and this is what we were talking, what you were talking about earlier, the idea of, uh, Having to, you know, experience something um, to prepare, like it's a boot camp for the psyche. Videodrome is the video arena. It's like the, you know, the Roman Colosseum, which was that same kind of thing. You would experience, you know, death, but, you know, not your own death. You're watching other people die. And then the French Grand Yignol, or Yignol, however you pronounce that, that theater, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, um, and I'm rambling here, but that was... uh, uh, one of the things I've always thought that, like, horror movies, uh, just movies in general, they are kind of like a boot camp for, you know, preparing for your own death in some way. You're watching scenarios, all the possible scenarios, and preparing yourself for, like, that final moment, you know. <clears throat> uh, I lost the thread of that one. Where was I going back <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Well, Can we talk a little bit about the effects? During that, like you were talking about her, him making out with the TV and how they pulled that off, because it's not, it's not, it's, it's a physical, it's a practical effect. 
Yeah. Like it's, it's basically some sort of, uh, I guess, what would you call it? Um, some sort of elastic, uh, what's yeah, the word I'm The way that I understand it, yeah. it was some kind of dental, something that was used dental in, in, <laughs> it was something used in dental appliances, right? It was very yeah. pliable and there was a rear projection of a video screen on it and then they were inflating it with, uh, compressed air to make it expand oh, that's how they did? through the television. Oh, that's and then the actual TV was being puppeteered by, yeah. Some guy with a keyboard with little valves that were like blasting air into different yeah. <clears throat> parts of the thing to make it breathe and it's move. It's very like every Cronenberg film has the thing in it, the prop that is part technical, part biological, part, you know, like he takes machines and makes them alive with, uh, I, I'm trying to think of it, like existence maybe. Or I'm the, trying to think the of the typewriter another. in yes. Naked Lunch. So yeah. Like, uh, <clears throat> The typewriter. Bio-organic, like, yeah. kind of just talk about our... He's What's always the referencing one? almost like our, what, almost like a parasitic, parasitic existence between man and technology, <laughs> yeah. and, like, showing how... Well, even the way his characters talk about it, the, the, at one point a character goes into a, an eyeglass store and puts on, you know, some some frames, right? And the guy comes up to him and is like, that machinery is a little overwhelming for your face. Yeah, you know, just the, the the fact that you would refer to eyeglasses as machinery—it's kind of you know—it sounds alien when you hear it, right? Yeah. But he's talking about a merging of technology, the technological and the biological, right? I guess, right? Yeah, without yeah. without glasses, people, you know, all over wouldn't know what it's like to see. So it's like you you're dependent on the technology; it's a part of your life now. Mm-hmm. You're that's like the first step of a cyborg. Was the was the eyeglass? You needed something outside of yourself to live your normal day life. You know, it's the yeah. first time technology. Well, it's also modifying human evolution, right? Like uh, it's humankind through technology taking control of its own evolutionary path. You know, because you're modifying the body externally with technology. Yeah, to supposedly everything happened naturally, it. and this is the first time in history humans are taking it upon ourselves. Yeah. That was the thread, actually, that I was going back to. Videodrome is a signal that's hidden in a carrier wave of a, of a TV program that as the viewer watches it, it creates a tumor in the brain, right? Which one of the characters describes as not just a tumor, it's a new organ. And the organ creates hallucinations. And I'm guessing, I don't know if you guys got this out of this, but I'm like, the ultimate end goal of the evil, you know, corporation or whatever company that's involved in the creation of this stuff is to change reality by having everyone watch this broadcast eventually, right? They're mm-hmm. doing tests right now, but eventually everyone is going to see this and it is going to change our, perce- you know, if you change everybody's perception of reality, reality changes. Right? It's kind of like the Congress. Yeah, yeah I saw that movie with yeah. Ron Wright. Where in the future everybody has to like, what you live in like a cartoon world? Like, I mean, that reality is completely changed because you they've just taken entertainment to that next step where entertainment's more important than your reality, or entertainment sets what reality is. Oh, mm-hmm. what's for what point? What purpose? Yeah. Well, because you can pro just I think just to program people the same way they made this character an assassin. If you want people. I mean, shit, mass control of mass of human. I mean, that's the ultimate step. I mean, like you said, if we, if 
Inventing glasses was the first time humans took it upon themselves to set their own evolutionary path. Uh, there's many episodes before where we talked about eugenics. There's lots of movies that talk about eugenics. So when humans, like, on a mass scale, want to affect where society is moving, I mean, it's very hard to get everybody on one page, you know. That's why propaganda and hypnosis and all that shit can come into play because you just need people to think one way or at least if they don't think that way not to say anything or feel like they can't impede on others because no this is the norm i'm the one that's different you know but is it like i mean i guess then i mean you can either see it as you know they're gonna go and create like an army of you know, of killers, basically, because that's what they do with James Woods' character, right? I mean, that they are going to go out and affect societal change by programming a bunch of, of killers. <clears throat> yeah. I'm trying to think, like, well, another well, possibility really think- is that, you know, what, that they would... I mean, I think that was I just mean, in the case of James Wood, just the idea that, so well, they, they, that was just a they small... gave video, or they introduced Max to, because what we do find out later is that it's not oh, spoiler a, warning. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> it's not a uh, uh, a in, damn it, a uh, broadcast that they're intercepting. They right. purposefully showed Max this to him. to <laughs> create. Well, because they want his channel. Yeah, his since his channel is willing to play such hardcore stuff, and they need the violent angle to tap into, so people's n- neurons will open up to the video drone. So it's like, well, if you won't go along with it, well, then they just program and we'll kill your partners. Mm-hmm. And what, they could probably just buy out the station then or whatever. You know? yeah. Doesn't it seem like, I mean, after the first couple of videos, it gets very specific to Max, right? I mean, like, well, how, how are his he, hallucinations? Well, that's true. So, so it's all, he, yeah. All his hallucinations are it. his own... You know, they're t- it's talking to him because, I mean, fuck, it's his head, you know? He's personally seeing it talking to You're him. You're talking about, like, when so, Professor Oblivion, like, calls him by name? Yeah. And, yeah. And then the girl answers him in the same video. Mm-hmm. But, like, so... Wait, did you see that as a hallucination, or you thought that, uh, that that wasn't, like, a pre-recorded recording directly for him? When I first saw it, I saw it as a hallucination, I think. But, um... Or, no, when I first saw it, I saw it as, like... It was pre-recorded for him, mm-hmm. but then as his hallucinations kept happening, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's that weird. He's just talking, and then the, like the guy in a mask like walks in, yeah. ties his hand down. He's just like just still giving him the information. It's like, yeah. is Are they just, killing him for real? Yeah, that's so. That type of shit's fun to me. That is like weird oddball filmmaking, right? Yeah. You're like, so they're gonna kill him, but he's just giving you information while. You know, that's how you know something hallucinatory is happening yeah, yeah. or whatever. But the that's first video, nightmare. the first video is just so generic. I mean, as far as like, it's just some sort of snuff. Well, yeah, those, oh, that's the first the, one that they that they quote unquote picked that, that, up. Yeah, because yeah. well, those are those are the real videos that are just opening his mind, right? Yeah, the, yeah. he needs to see the violence so and it can open his mind, so he could be open. Yeah, and then he starts having his own. Hallucinations. So hallucin- yeah, because then it becomes pretty. Because they, they talk like, about who would ever watch all of this. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's right. No yeah. They there's made no... it for him. Yeah, like it doesn't exist for anybody else. Like that. But that, that seems like I mean, Videodrome, the signal, the anything. plot. You yeah, know, exists yeah, for any anybody. So I guess that's Max, my question. They made the torture snuff stuff. 
But, like, so how would you do that on like a like, mass level? It'd be Walking Dead. Walking Dead yeah. is an extremely violent show that the whole family watches. That's video drum. <laughs> you know? uh, can put the video, sneak the video drum signal. Well, they'll be open to it because there's the violent right. aspect to the show, that, which opens them up to the signal. So they would, they just want to do this on a more popular level. Mm-hmm. Like they're testing it with Max, but then they would do something like The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, find out how Max's extreme programming can. Uh, and to introduce the video drum signal. It does kind of suck they don't necessarily tell you to what extent. To yeah, what ch- To change reality, I sure. get that. And it's a big thing. It's a whatever, but I guess being well, I mean, a yeah, it's either that, guy, I want to know, like, well, to change reality. That, but, or you have what? the army of, you know, people that you can program and get them to do something, but then what do you want them to do? Yeah. Right? Well, that's why I figure it's kind of like the they live thing, right? <laughs> program them just to well, whatever. If they want to buy something, if they want to sell something, if they want to, you know... As long as yeah, they're going to be just mass hallucinating, anyway. you know, something. But you're controlling the hallucinations. Oh, that's true. You know, that's why they can see what is not there. The same way a conspiracy theorist sees what's, you know, to them, they see something there that no one else is, everybody's blind to. So it'd be like almost the same way, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. having the same hallucination that they are having to the conspiracy theorists, right? Everybody's having that mass hallucination. Like if you're a if you're a nine eleven truther, everybody else is hypnotized that that know what the TV said. We've been programmed that A B C D happened, and boom, we've been programmed to say that because that's what TV said. That give me an idea you for know? video drum too. Oh shit! <laughs> oh wait, okay, so oh, no, 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 no. copyright Saturday Night Freak Show. So video drum two right takes place like now. And it's everybody, you know, it's like, so you go into it and it's the Matrix, basically, right? I guess that's what it would be. It's like you live in the Matrix. Because everybody's no, been exposed the, to the, Videodrome for 30 odd years. It'd be the 24 hour news cycle. somebody who finds that's the violent, yeah. like. <laughs> well, everybody, the reality would already be changed. So we are living in the oh, alternate in the reality. So then the story some guy of getting out of it? Out. Yeah. It's the matrix. It's the it's going back. Yeah, it's the matrix. It's the matrix. Okay. We started out with the original idea, like, oh, man, fuck, it's the like, matrix. oh shit, they already did it. Oh, Jesus, yeah. son of a yeah. bitch. You could always do it again. Yeah. No, there's yeah, just do it better. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, with the the idea that uh, you know the the merging of the biological and the technological. As far as like just the visual, you know, approach that Cronenberg takes, which I think is you know part of what makes his earlier movies stand out from like his later movies. I mean, he's still a cerebral filmmaker, I think now, but now he makes like you know uh, these dramas that you know are. What, did anybody see Maps to the Start Line? Oh, I don't you know. know. What was the one with the, where he had Freud and was it Freud and Young met? And it had Vigo Mortensen and Michael Fassbender. I watched like half of it. I got to be honest, I had to turn it off. There's no blood in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. I mean, like, What's the, the last one with the two with Jeremy Irons? Dead the, Ringers. The twins, Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers. Yeah. Yeah. That one was special because, you know, he played, Jeremy Irons played two characters. Uh, when Jeremy Irons got nominated for an Oscar, won an Oscar, I think the year or two years subsequently. For uh, Reversal of Fortune, I want to say it was. I can't remember what the movie was. But he, on his Oscar speech, like said, and I want to give a shout out to David Cronenberg. (laughs) You know? Uh, It was just weird that, like, this guy's accepting an award, like, two years on for a different movie. 
and thank the director on a previous mm-hmm. movie for yeah. what he had done. Because that's got to be like one of Jeremy Irons' best performances. When you're watching Dead Ringers, you forget it's two guys. Yeah. Or I forget or that it's one, it's one guy. It's one guy. Yeah. They seem like two completely different people, the way that he pulls it up. <clears throat> um, but in this movie, you'll see visual visions such as a, uh, uh, what are we saying? A lower abdominal yeah. listening. It's a belly vagina. Yeah, what? <laughs> sweat for it. Sweat for Stomach it. pussy. That forms in James Woods' uh, lower abdomen. No bill Doubles as a VCR. <laughs> that he Slot can be, loading. He can be programmed. Ladies and gentlemen, that's about us. What's that? Yeah, Innovation. Innovation. <laughs> Hells yes. And he can be programmed to do, uh, you know, uh, to take on these uh, assassin jobs, basically, by being fed a, a, a what would you say? Pulsating beta tape? <laughs> beta tape. <laughs> so, I mean, it's his hallucination. So his hallucination is, it, it, it's giving like a, a visual representation to him getting another like signal to go That's what's funny do. about Cronenberg, right? He's giving you a scary visual where it's like, that's probably not what's happening, right? right. People probably aren't taking pulsating beta tapes and shoving it in his stomach. This is like, what the, the fuck are they doing? Just handing him a new tape to watch? Yeah, probably, right? right? He, well, he, he's like, hey, go home and watch this. Right. When he watches well, it's the a tape, new, it will right. program it's a new what, signal. from what to do. Yeah. But this is just his... It, yeah, because, James Woods, at this point, his fucked up version of yeah, what is happening. Because in those scenes, he's not around uh, another television set, mm. right? So, I mean, like, when he's in the eye store, there's no TV playing or whatever. And he starts hallucinating. So we, the viewer, aren't given the objective reality version of the scene. Right. We're giving the subjective reality from the guy who's hallucinating. And so in that way, it's one of the trippiest movies I remember yeah. like ever, ever seeing well, at that point. I'm like, this, this is like a drug fugue movie. Well, what you were but saying he's doing about, it through like, you know, it's a, like a science fiction concept. Or what you were saying about Cronenberg showing like the infusion of mankind and technology uh, I mean, when James Wood takes his gun out and, I mean, it starts, like, fusing to his hand. Yeah. I mean, he, like, takes that to that literal sense, right? He's like, oh, once again, here's that idea that, you know, I'm, I'm using a piece of technology that is going to infuse my will. You know, oh, yeah. this is another way that, you know, the once di- again. The dino just- lizard hand? Yeah, or whatever the yeah. fuck. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, Tetsuya, the Iron Man, or whatever. That's what I think when I yeah. saw that scene. Well, yeah, I mean, that's one of those movies that I think owes a debt to this movie. You yeah, know right. I mean, like, it's, and The Ring is another one that I think, like, you know. Yeah, I was thinking that. Takes <laughs> oh, yeah. significant lifts from Videodrome, but, I mean, it seems like it has been, concepts from it are still, you know, resonating through, like, the science fiction and horror genres, even today, from this movie. I do kind of have a problem with some Cronenberg movies. This one specifically? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Just because I feel like, I always feel like Cronenberg's ideas are super awesome, right? They're really in-depth, they're intriguing, it's always about just humans as an organism, right? What affects us, what we do, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I always feel like that's maybe not enough for characters to do stuff, right? Like, it always seems like they're, in his movies, that's why I'm shocked that Video Drone's only like 89 minutes, you know. I remember watching it, I was like, shit, I remember it being long, you know, I think 89 minutes. Yeah, you guys were asking me, like, how long is it? I'm like, I know it's less than two hours. I'm like, it's two minutes. hours, Damn. I know it's two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just because I think, you know, his character, since all they're really doing is building up an idea, 
you know, you just have a character kind of going to this meeting, talking about what the fucking basis of the movie is, going to this meeting, talking more about what the basis of the movie is, and then you can, yes. like, throw some fucking guts around <laughs> just to have a weird trippy, like, ah, scene. Well, I was just, I was at the back of the room watching. Whenever the gore would show up, it's like I could see you guys, like, you know, react to it. Where, like, before that, it was like, they're talking, and you get some people, you know, scooting around in their chairs. There's a couple yawns, and then, like, some gore thing happens. Everybody wakes up, and then they seem like they're spaced out. And it's always bizarre. So it's like, what the hell? What's going to happen next? And then you wait, and you kind of get lulled in. And then something weird happens, and, you know, so he's got, like, a decent... Like, you know, remember the brood put them where in. she's, like, biting, like, in the brood where the woman is, like, projecting her hate on people and creating babies out of her side? Yeah, she creates... Yeah, she <laughs> gives birth to her anger. <laughs> she literally. Birth, well, well there's she, a, like, fucking, like, tears at the skin of her side. I mean, <laughs> Cronenberg just shows you the most, like, bizarre, like, what is going on here? Yeah, yeah. And it's always people, like, putting their mouth up to shit and really touching shit, yeah. you know, that, like... <laughs> yeah, poking at it. Yeah, well, I remember when I was Touching watching it. The Fly. Cronenberg talks about how like he didn't think about it when he was making the movie, but it, when he had uh, Gina Davis hug, uh, uh, thank you. I was going to say Bridges. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wow, she what hugs movie him, that would have been? She hugs him on the side that his ear falls off. Of. So the whole audience knows that she's hugging. Like she chose <laughs> to hug the side that his fucking ear just fell off. Uh, you know. Yeah. And it's, yeah, he always just makes sure to like, right? Ugh. Well, he also. Oh, so you have a nerve there. I'm going to poke at it. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah. It's the it's the goofy. I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that noise. Uh, yeah. Whenever they refer to Cronenberg, there's always in quotes ne- somewhere next to his name when you read an article about him. Uh, body horror. Body horror. <laughs> body Definitely. Horror. It's the idea that he keeps on, you know, just, I guess, poking at those exposed nerves, yes. right, that we all have in our yes. psyche. It's like, Jesus Christ, I didn't actually want to see, you know, that or some kind of twisted abnormalities of, of the human flesh. He always likes to say, flesh. The flesh. There's no skin. Right. There's no, <laughs> it's just flesh. flesh. The flesh. <laughs> that sounds scarier. And his other thing is, I guess, you know, as a filmmaker, at least, you know, again, in the, the period, uh, you know, this early period when he was doing horror and science fiction stuff, he's, like, trying to ex- externalize, would you say, like, uh, abstract concepts, right? Like, someone who gives yeah. birth to anger. You see it literally. Anger, uh, there's a guy in Scanners. Cancer forming into a, mus- you know. Yeah, there's a guy in Scanners who literally lives inside his head. He sculpts a gigantic version of his head and makes a house in. Right? You <laughs> know? Scanners? I mean, yeah. There's the, like, the artist that. guy in Scanners. That. He built this big, giant Easy. version of his own head. <laughs> so it's just like, I mean, this is, you know, it's a guy who I think, like, this is one of those cases of an artist working in, uh, you know, like a, you know, uh, I guess one of the lower genres. Now he's graduated to one of the higher genres, you know? It's like, but I think, like, because of who he was, that elevates the stuff that, it, you know, the, right. the horror stuff, you know. The uh, Scanners, I guess, was the big one. Videodrome, The Fly is, you know, like a fucking classic. Uh, the Brood, uh, Rabid. I miss one in there somewhere? I went, like, kind of out of order. But that's, like, the <laughs> that's the, the, the canon, right, of Cronenberg. 
Hey, one thing I want to talk about before we get too far off of talking about the movie specifically, one thing I like that they mentioned in this, uh, there's a woman who brings programming to uh, James Woods in this, and he kind of tasks her with, oh, see if you can find out who runs Videodrome, you know? And I like when she later talks to him where she's like, you know, I think it's snuff. I don't think it's fake. I don't think it's, you know, she kind of warns him to be careful. And when he kind of blows it off, I like that she mentions how the reason he needs to worry is because these people have a philosophy that you don't have. And I really like that concept. Like, shit, I was just telling somebody the other day about, I don't even know what, some political conspiracy type I don't know, something. And they're like, you know what? I try just not to care or whatever. I'm like, well, you see, that's, you know, it's like that's, you know, how they will, because these people have a philosophy they're living by. They're using violence and using shit as a way to, a means through getting something done where you, yeah, I just want to see it as entertainment. It's like, that's fine. You can see it as entertainment and exploitation, but you got to understand that if people have a true meaning and you don't recognize that meaning, you're easily going to be like trampled by, you know, someone that actually has a, a goal in mind, you mm. know. I thought that was a really cool uh, portion of this movie. We oh, later find that, or we think, we're led to believe that Max kills her. Yeah, you never see her after that, right? Yeah, and, I mean, he dreams about killing her. He no, but after the wakes scene up where, with her in the Yeah, bed. after the scene where he wakes up next to her in the bed. But that could have like, been his first shit, he kill. he killed her while he was on, you know, tripping balls on this video drum thing. Tripping balls on video drum. It's a Ramon song, right? Yeah, there it's you go. Tripping balls on video <laughs> It's a Ramon song. But then, uh, you know, that's proven to be like a vision that he had. She it wasn't actually dead. I guess it turned more into a door. Stripping balls on video drum. Copyright 2015 Saturday Night Preview. Uh, there's another character that I really enjoy in this movie is the uh, Professor Obliv- Brian Oblivion. Brian Oblivion. Right? So this is a guy we first meet at a TV talk show, and he's like a com- one of these commentators who talks to you. You know, he shows up as a television set <laughs> on the TV because, you know, he says the only way that he'll appear on television is if he's on television on television or something well, like because that. Because he talks about how if you're on television, that will become the real you. You cease yeah. to become, you cease to be you. And like that moment in time becomes a more realized version, or at least people can walk away from it thinking that's the realized version of you. Yeah. He you're has, trapped in but, that. But his philosophy, of, I mean, I guess we find out that he, you know, was one of the three guys that created video drum and, and then tried to get out of it and they killed him. Spoiler alert. Well, because he found out but, what they were going to use it for. Right. He's going to use it for love or something. But he is like... <laughs> is that good? He's extremely, like, uh, a prophetic also. Well, I think the, this is Cronenberg, obviously, using the character. But, like, he has his name. He's like, my name isn't Oblivion. This is my TV name. Dude. One day, we're all going to have special names mm-hmm. that we use on television. I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, my God, we're oh doing God, that we're right there. now. You got your, your <laughs> I think Facebook is your- the real video draw, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so you're going to, and the idea that, like, it's better to live virtually than in real life, it's like all these kinds, this is 1983, right, that he's talking about that. Um, I also like, there was something else that he said before we find out that the guy has been, you know, dead for, like, 11 months and, like, all of his, uh, oh, I I know what it was. He said he hasn't had a a conversation in 20 years, his preferred moment. 
a mode of discourse <laughs> is the monologue. Is the monologue. You know, so he just like <laughs> He just, oh, 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 oh no. Shit, there was structural apart. integrity. <laughs> oh. yeah, playing with a house of cards there. Yeah. Hang on, folks. There we go. Technical difficulties. Nope. Human error. Yeah. But his, uh, yeah, so just the idea that, like, he's just going to talk at you on TV. <laughs> you can't actually ask him questions. If you want to, he'll send you a videotape on your preferred format. Mm. Could be VHS, Jenny. Well, we do find out that it's because he's been dead and his woman, like, which another, once again, another kind of futuristic thing, right? Compiling somebody just from all the media they've uh, been recorded from. I mean, shit, nowadays. Yeah, I mean, you look at Tupac. How long has Tupac been dead for? And he is still he's doing, dead. he's still doing concerts. I know. Well, is he? I don't think he is dead. <laughs> it was it's a, a shock. Who died. It's a shock. <laughs> But that's the, the same idea, right? Yeah, Michael Jackson is now in L- Las Vegas. Michael Jackson, two. How many movies has uh, Young Schwarzenegger been in? Two. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Well, that, that's one for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, James Gandolfini. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. He's been in a shit ton. So that's another thing uh, that Congress was talking about. What's his name? Is uh, video t- oh, which I heard that is like a real plan in Hollywood. Well, they've done, I guess... Mass producing every video image, every, like, facial expression you can make, every whatever. That way they can make a digital library of it. Because as an actor, you are only... Like, Tom Cruise is only Tom Cruise from this moment of time, right? You're only a viable asset. I mean, maybe not Tom Cruise. You know, someone like... No, Let's take someone... But who's somebody that's really, like... The American Pie girl, right? She had her fucking 15 minutes, you know, so they could like freeze her in this moment of time and reuse her over and over again. That way, you know, she'll never age for well, the next was, uh, generation. Uh, there was like some concern in Hollywood. I want to say maybe was it maybe 10 years ago. It seemed like you had Lawrence Olivier showing up in Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. You had Humphrey Bogart showing up on a Tales from the Crypt episode. Yeah. You had, uh, was it Fred Astaire was in like a Hoover commercial or something like that? And so the idea that like, you know, these people are dead. Oh, Steve <laughs> McQueen shows up in a Mustang commercial? Yeah. So they're hawking yeah. shit that like they may or may not have. Oh, Elvis is everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, the he I, is a lot. I, I, you are, uh, idea, right? you cease to be a person. Yeah. You're anywhere. a commodity in some way, a product that's, you know, What's, being used to, to, yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I suppose it's an extension of the the Brian Oblivion thing that was you know proposed in this. Movie. Absolutely, yeah. uh, I mean, it's the, it's the video will. It's like the idea Along that the new flush. you can you can yeah you can talk to and you know have any sort of outcome. It's it's the fucking it's the uh, it's the t-shirt and the hat of whoever wins the Super Bowl. You know, it's the idea that you plan for any sort of outcome or any sort of situation that's going to happen. It's just in video form so that you're ready. You know, that's why he, you know, he can talk to Max or he can, you know, like, that's a very specific situation. But I mean, I think the, the, the global usage of this would be, you know, to like, you would have your assassins, you would have, You'd have your shows built to assassins. You'd have your shows built for people that, you know, need to... You're saying, like, tailored content. Tailored, yeah, this yeah. felt like it was yeah. specific to Max. Well, this is, like, this is even before... Oh, yeah, I mean, oh, oh, shit. We're That's saying, like, yeah. before the advent of, like, branchable CD-ROMs or something like that, right? Where, like, if this person existed in a virtual 
space and you ask them a question that you could change the answer that they gave based on you know some operator or some AI or whatever that would say like you know here's what the question was here's a list of pre-recorded responses play this one back yeah you know I mean because that's kind of what they were anticipating in 1983 right with this character they do that a bunch of times in this movie uh, where they're using video technology in ways that we have now you know we have the video alarm clock right uh, the video message in your car as you're driving somewhere you know it, yeah it's almost more interesting the fact that it's pre-recorded I mean by today's standards it would be some sort of AI that they were using to change you know uh at any given moment based on your, I mean, we use it now, like based on your interests to sell products right, to people yeah. on the internet, but, and, <laughs> or Siri. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about like the amount of time it took, like this one guy, you know, to record all these things and then to have all these responses after his death, 11 months after his death, still being able to, you know, speak to the public. He's yeah. like, I was on a talk show with him. He's like, yeah, well, you, know, you weren't there. He wasn't there. He was, you know, yeah. it was pre-recorded based on what he was going to say. But yeah, I, I agree. I think that I think that we're definitely moving in that direction. Well, for well, sure, it's the same are. thing. We've just shrunk it down. Yeah. To today, well, we it's just kind of it's, it's, more, it's more like real well, time. Dude, I more, shit you well, not. It's, it's real time, but it's only because you can access like an infinite amount of choices. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's also like, well, let me, real quick, the, uh, the, it had a parallel to me with the movie Transcendence, right? Where Brian Oblivion says, or his daughter says that he was okay letting his body die mm. because he still lived on, like, in a, prefer, in his preferred, uh, not method, what am I looking for? His preferred, like, platform of television. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, yeah, medium. Thank you very much. Yes. <clears throat> but I'm sitting there going like, well, that makes, that still to me makes no sense because there's no, you know, there's no consciousness going yeah. forward. There's the idea that, you know, it's like, well, I've pre-recorded so much shit that you can keep watching this forever and still keep getting me on television. Right. So I, the concept of me, yeah, because supposedly, to, if you don't believe in a soul, that is all a human is, is the collective of their knowledge and ideas, right? If they're not, you don't need more than, this is how people actually think, people call transhumanists, this is how they actually think they're going to be able to download themselves into computers, like in the next 60 years, because they think, oh, are you, that, yeah, yeah dude, sweet. oh, it's great, <laughs> brilliant plan, you guys in line first, you guys go ahead, but, uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the idea that all you are are since you're just a bunch of patterns, your personality is just a bunch of tr- learned patterns throughout your collective time or whatever. But the only reason that sucks, though, is because you're going to have to choose a time where you're, what, you'd have to assume that this is your, your best self right now and become a robot now right, where you yeah. could always learn something more. Yeah, and then the robot will learn beyond where you are right now. It could be a completely different... Yeah, thing. it can't yeah. even be... That's why it's not you people. Don't want to be a fucking cyborg yeah. you or die. robot. You but, die. Okay, but but going back to the idea that like living in this vision... Wait, did you have something? No, no. Well, the idea that like, you're living in this, <laughs> in this virtual up. existence, is that the new flesh that the movie talks about? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but why is he for it, right? Because he's like death the video drum, long live the new flesh. Well, he's been programmed to think that way. 
But it, but but it's still counterintuitive. I mean, the only reason I mean he only starts saying this after he sees the uh, the Oblivion's daughter again, and she talks about how oh they want to use it for you know basically mass mind control and uh, what like assassinations, blah blah blah, political. Blah, 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 I like whatever. the way that they make eyeglasses and like uh, guidance systems for missiles. Right, that's the that point. Was, yeah, it's like we make sunglasses or eyeglasses. Well, but I like that idea because system yeah, well, because like, all the what? television stations those are owned by multi multi. The and we watch. I mean, all our entertainment does come from people that spend money in actual like fucking different areas of society. I mean, when you really think about it, aren't glasses guidance systems for missiles? I mean, really. <laughs> Not for me. I think about that. <laughs> 2020. Let that sink in. Uh, yeah, it's the, and they operate out of an eyeglass store. It's, it's like, building, yeah, building a device that allows you to see or pinpoint or the precision. Yeah, I get the of, guidance. Uh, yeah. Or some, you know, whatever, it's some kind of sight guidance or but whatever. All, you know, also the idea that it's kind of ironic that I think maybe it was you, Jenny, that talked about how, like, in this film, like, uh, James, James Woods looked so young. And it's like it, the the film Videodrome is in a way preserving these actors that are in it, you know, forever and ever. It's like like having a child. It's 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 a different way of preserving your legacy because I mean, like that's kind of I think the appeal to actors, a part of the appeal of why they go into acting is the idea that you can be in something that will you know if it's popular will live on forever, ever you know. Yeah, that's yeah, the only even, immortality. Is but even yeah, but even in that, it's immortality, remembered. I suppose. But it's like as a ghost, you're doomed to repeat the same thing every time but the film is played. But a lot of people think I that's mean, the only reality, yeah. right? Like if me and you die, no one's going to remember us in a hundred years. But Batman, everybody will know <laughs> Batman for hundreds and hundreds of years. So who's more real? Well, Batman, <laughs> you're going to be still, different, though. I mean, that's that's a character that I well, think will change and transcend. Through time versus like an, a character in a movie. I mean, like I don't like, like Batman's an icon. Well, but they can always remake movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, can always, there's not yeah. gonna, they can't remake Tom. Well, I guess they can't remake Tom Cruise. I was gonna say or, that. Not like, now. Well, they I can mean, have somebody they, play him. I'm in sure a movie. they could. Tom Cruise has been or like, like, like if anybody's the first one, it's gonna be him. Raven Simone. Think about think about Randy Quaid in like. Uh, one of the vacation movies yeah. versus Randy Quaid now, you know, like, right? Who, how do you want to remember that guy? If they would have, like, if they would have made that digital copy after Christmas Vacation, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you know, Platoon Charlie that. Sheen, uh, <laughs> yeah, or, Charlie, or HIV or Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Sadly, now I mean we're going to remember the HIV one because the, with the way the media is, it's everywhere. But you know, at a time there was still that. I mean, you can well, still go again, back to that platoon, Charlie. Sheen. Look at Bill Cosby. If you only held him up as Cosby Show Cosby, then you would never know the true, right. like, you know. Yeah. yeah. The true bullshit. Well, yeah. You either die a hero. It's really Bat. true. Dark, the dark, it all comes, it all comes the back dark to the dark night. night. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think we are in this because I had a Videodrome moment uh, earlier. It was last let year. Me, let me see. Your it was stomach, last year. Travis. Dude, I shit you not. <laughs> I shit. When the Ferguson riots. Do you also riots, have a labia in your stomach? Uh, I wish I had a labia. <laughs> Near my stomach. Anywhere around my stomach. <laughs> labia in general. I just had one. 
So okay, so the Ferguson riots were happening. <laughs> we did right, no, right. No, we can't. Can we make that jump? Right. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> right when the right when the Ferguson riots were happening, I like to watch Arrow on the CW, and they had an episode that completely had a. I mean, it was a political like. I mean, it, it was talking about Ferguson. It wasn't. It was like it wasn't covered under anything. It was just like what the fuck, you know? And Ferguson only happened. You know, mm-hmm. like a week's prior, so they had to. That had to been a split decision. That like we want to make a statement about this. We want to put. You know, that's fucking video drill. That's trying to create a consensus between everybody on how we should feel about a actual, real political situation through watching a fucking superhero show. Right, you know, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. usually I love those kind of when a superhero show has the chance to talk about something real, but. Right. Like I said, at that, but you know at the what same time, it's like, what that? the fuck, man? It's like, I mean, I see what they're doing, and like somehow I'm able to give filmmakers a pass when they do that. Because somehow when a filmmaker does it, I get the idea that it's like one guy, basically, the auteur behind... It's like, that's his, mm. you know... If you agree or don't agree with George Romero's politics, at least it's like, okay, it's George Romero's politics. What you're talking about is like, this is some kind of... There's a bunch of guys in a writer's room. Like, they know these are the... <clears throat> political like, points yeah. we want to make about this current actual situation, you know? Yeah. It's and like the ma- it's the mass uh it's the, the mass brain trust mm. working, not just like, you know, one, video one dude. <laughs> well there's also a, like a moment in this where, you know, it's like sometimes I'm like, okay, well there's a moment in, you know, this show that seems eerily reminiscent of the time. There's a moment in video drum when the uh the turncoat, Harlan uh, the engineer who it turns out has been exposing his oh, boss, Max Ren, this for two years to, you know, he's been working with him and then he's exposing him to Videodrome to give him the, the brain tumor. He's yeah, because he's wondering why about, he's not getting hallucinations. Like, you've been watching Yeah, but it. if you watch it, he's like staring at a, a, a screwdriver with the Videodrome. Oh, that's true. He's never paying attention to yeah, it. Yeah, he's never no, actually I, watching yeah, it. playing in the background. But he has a speech in which he... To me, like this time watching, I'm like eerily reminiscent of Jeffrey Combs' uh, performance in Reanimator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I'm watching, you watch it, it's like Jesus Christ, that is that is the Jeffrey Combs. That's Herbert West right there. <laughs> but he gives a speech about how, like you know, North America is corrupt, and we're gonna, or it's oh, soft, we're soft, and we're fighting, you know, like new enemies that are, you know, they're gonna be tough. And we have to, and it's like... Oh, yeah, that's the plot, duh. That's why they want video drone. I forgot that. It's probably true, actually. I totally forgot that myself. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to make fucking tough people out so of Americans. We're too soft. Yeah. The Vietnam War, all the hippies made us soft, so they and have to gonna program create them, right? where, where did this? Where did this take place, this film? What country? Uh, Toronto, uh, Canada. Canada. This was in Canada? Uh-huh. It was shot in Canada or it took place in Canada? Both. And Pittsburgh? They, did they go to Pittsburgh? It goes to, yeah, she goes to, but Civic TV is uh, supposed to be in Toronto. Huh. Toronto, Canada. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. It seemed like a Canadian. What are you talking about? It was very gray. I've never been to Canada. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just, sorry. Just hockey players uh, uh, yeah, take it that. People not teeth. I didn't see a single Tim Hortons. <laughs> right? No, no, one say, no one was saying sorry and oh, sorry. boot and yeah. care. Yeah. Truly, get in the care. Get in the care. Yeah. Get, in the care. Yeah. get to get the Gairds. Yeah. Gairds and care. It's like snowing. Well, all right. So the last maybe topic <laughs> we got to cover. Officially put down the Canadians. Video. <laughs> we're we're very sorry. We're apologizing. 
video drones uh, <laughs> relation to virtual reality. Yeah, experiencing it's coming, today. folks. Video drone is coming for you. Because well, shit. This makes me want to watch the Congress again. <laughs> <laughs> the Congress is like the next evolution of video drone. The Congress is if video drone actually happens. You know, that is the movie, The Congress. With uh, yeah. Who's in there? Robin Wright. Robin Wright. And that's right. That's right. That's where right. she gives up the, her licenses. Yeah. Or, yeah. Her yeah. But after she does that, the movie just goes, it goes fucking bizarre. It goes cartoon world. Yeah. Like everybody is in that hallucination. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the that movie is the video drum reality of everybody walking around in the hallucination. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna ruin the end. You gotta watch it, or we <laughs> might watch it here on the Sunday Free Show. The Congress. The Congress. Give you something to chew on. Pretty serious. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've seen other movies that were, you know, I mean, when you talk, I guess it, it, it occurs to me that it's related to virtual reality because in this movie it's using hallucination, right? Instead of As the virtual reality, the matrix, which you plug in and it basically gives you a living dream mm-hmm. or strange days or something like that where you jack yeah, they didn't have in the internet, and you get so the, he didn't realize right, the concept didn't see of that. like everybody yeah. being connected through mm-hmm. wires and wireless. But it's kind of also, you know, again, it, whether it's just a concept that they think up at the time and, you know, we're assigning all this meaning to it, you know, later. I mean, being 1983, it's just now that it's a point where we can look back on it and go like, Jesus Christ, you know, it's like some of the ideas that he was talking about in that movie are kind of, you I know. think all technology is always like, we're always 40 years behind. Like, government and people have about 40 years in the future, uh, like now, you know what I'm saying? Like what we get, the shit we're thinking about they now. had forty years prior, you know, because they've always got to test it. They've always got to da 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 before they mass market anything. So that's why I think people like Cronenberg. Once you know, you start making movies, you start meeting people high up. You start to hear concepts of shit that you know that yeah. is happening. So that's and why I can see why filmmakers, it, yeah, yeah, filmmakers can be some of the first people to make social comments on what's going to happen because they probably rub elbows with people that fucking know where it's headed, especially in the entertainment business, right? You know yeah. where the future is going in the entertainment business. I mean, but sometimes I wonder if that's, I mean, like that's maybe possible, but in some ways it diminishes like the, no, no, I'm just, <laughs> just an alternate interpretation. It just that it diminishes the uh, creative capacity of the artistic individual. It's the fact oh, really? that someone could time. actually sit there and just by yeah, quit thinking everybody's a genius. <laughs> they, they make movies. They didn't create nothing. If he no, would, they, if he would just create, come up with it, he would fucking create I the think, internet. I think they do create these internal worlds that they can walk around in and live in. It is their virtual reality, and then they, you know, they're like, "Wow, this is you know something." Sometimes you get something as remarkably different from like anything else, you know, as Videodrome, and they put it on the screen, and then right. you're like. Well, what the fuck? How did you come up with that? And, you know, I mean, you ask the guy, and they're usually always like, uh, I had a dream, or I sat in a room and this came to me, or David Lynch sitting there like, I had an idea, then like another idea, ideas draw other ideas to them. And like, this is not helping me with my creative process, listening to you, like, because he can't tell you we met at the Illuminati (laughs) Christmas party, they told me what was going to come. Right. <laughs> and they come up with the, the visual of everything. Like they, like you can come up with the visual of a time machine and all that stuff, but you can't like see how that shit, you know, works. 
I forgot where I was going with this. We're talking about it like <laughs> it's the same as the ago. letter in Jerry Maguire. The guy didn't actually but, have to write the fucking letter. The screenwriter didn't have to write what was in that letter. Uh, it changed everybody's opinion or whatever. It like inspired all these people, right? Because if you heard it, you'd be inspired. It's like Harvey the Rabbit. Well, you didn't actually have to write that. It's just the character wrote it and everybody else read it. But the audio, you, you don't actually get to see it. So it's not like the work of genius because it didn't. you didn't get to hear what the letter was. The guy never actually invented right. the letter. If you know it, if you've seen Jeremy Maguire, you know what I'm talking about. Sorry, I'm getting drunk. Probably late. So we should probably <laughs> talk about Jeremy Maguire. Yeah, we get drunk. He always talks about Jeremy Maguire. <laughs> Jesus, Colin. We should go to yeah. Mailbag. Igor, are you around somewhere? Masters, masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. All right, so uh, first of all, we've got Chad Pope wrote into us. Oh, by the way, you can get a hold of us on Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. If you comment there, there's a damn good chance that we will say something about or read it on the air. You can you talk might about just it. win our respect. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you could uh, talk about any of our movies. You know, we have like 150-odd episodes or something like that on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, and other fine, fantastic podcast repositories on the Internet. One day somebody will hear one. See, that's the thing. I would rather live on the Internet than... That's what we're doing, Colin. Yeah, we're this immortal. Is, this is what we're doing. This is what we're, no, we're not behind. immortal. People have to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, long after we're dead, somebody's going to find these podcasts and sample our voice and bring us back. Is Okay. Uh, Chad Pope says about Videodrome, uh, about... Uh, he says it's hard to pick a favorite Cronenberg movie, but he'd have to say that Shivers, they came from within. That's the one I forgot. Fucking Shivers is crazy. Uh, but you can't go wrong with any of his 70s to 80s. Wait movies. a second. Did you break your iPhone? <laughs> you got a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is more reliable. I can get across uh, Facebook, Twitter. This is at, the first. At Sat Freak Show. <laughs> and, yeah, and our email, Saturday Night Freak Show <laughs> at Yahoo.com. Right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jara Matthews writes in about Would You Rather, our Would You Rather episode. She says the, I'm assuming this is she, I'm sorry, Jara, if you aren't, uh, the ending is super predictable right from the beginning. Well, Sean, Sean got it pretty quickly. But. All right. What's the, uh, I can't remember how it ends. Is it a twist? The brother dies. It is a twist ending. She goes through all that shit and the brother's dead when she gets yeah, home. Oh. Uh, spoiler warning. Jesus oh, Christ. that's right. We oh, talked about it. I know. It's like three The people who are listening to the Video Drome episode didn't. Okay, sorry about that. Or when I watched Video Drome, would you rather? And Greg Lucid writes in about Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, what, what the fuck? That's an old one. He what says, I like everything about this movie. I really hope there's either an updated DVD of it or released in 2016 because it's the 30th anniversary. Yeah. Oh, shit, really? Is it? Yeah, I suppose 86. Yeah. Holy yeah. fuck. Did you like it when we yelled at Brent? Because that was the best part of that podcast. <laughs> Greg, you got to tell <laughs> us, uh, if you're listening, you got to tell us if you, if you liked it when uh, we yelled at Brent. On the Flight of the Navigator podcast. Always. Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show. For the time of your life. And now it's time for <laughs> wrap-ups. Our final thoughts about the movie. I'm guessing that Tom is going to go for a while because he's been absolutely silent the entire... <laughs> he's a bubbling entire, volcano. It's already yeah. been over an hour. Yeah. So <laughs> since he said his name. That yeah. is the only thing he has that, said. That means that Tom hated the movie. But, I mean, <laughs> but Brent is up first. So, Brent, please... <laughs> 
wrap uh, this what mother did you up. Think? He's shaking with joy. He's shaking with joy. Get him a shot. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at Tom. I know it's coming. So um, it's good that it's better that, I mean, I guess I'm not going to be real positive with it. Uh, I have a big problem with Cronenberg in the sense that I feel like he's a student film maker. Uh, he, 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 like, Travis, you were kind of saying that he, he keeps driving the same idea home. Yeah. And I, I feel like he's got an idea that he never gets across the whole film. Like, I've felt that way about a number of films. And I mean, sure, talking about it here tonight with you guys, this is the first time I've seen it. But maybe after a couple of viewings, I might get it. But, like, I feel like it's not, <laughs> it's not presented in a way that it, did you just do Malort? No. no. Uh, do, you, do you think you'll have a couple of viewings of this movie? <laughs> what? Just keep going on. Uh, you said after a couple of viewings, maybe I'll get it. But uh, oh. do you think you'll have a couple of viewings of this movie? Y- yeah, I don't think I will. I, I don't think. He almost got time to make a noise. I don't think I'll go. I don't think I'll go back to it. Thomas is squirting liquor straight into his mouth right now. <laughs> but I would definitely. Um, uh, I would say that if you're a fan of Cronenberg, um, it's definitely a Cronenberg type film. I mean, it's it's from his early, early stuff. Uh, but I think we really need to get to Tom. So I will say, uh, you know what? Um, I might pass on this one. I might pass. <laughs> we have one might. Pass. Sorry, listeners. I wish you could just see Tommy looks like just like a drunk that's like one a.m. in the morning, just like taking that well. that last shot. Before the sun comes up. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this movie. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I don't. I don't even. I don't really have anything to say about it. I'm sorry, Colin. I don't. <laughs> um, James Woods is in it. Uh, Debbie Harry's in it. I've never seen her in a movie before, so I can. That I have now. She was a cartoon mouse in Rock and Roll. Oh, forgot to mention really, that. Rock and Roll? Rock and Roll. Yeah. Um, she's a brunette in this movie, which surprised me because, you know, she is Blondie. Um, uh, Travis and I, uh, I think the my favorite part was just debating with Travis whether or not James Wood had a actual vagina that played Beta Max's in his stomach. I thought it was just slit. Travis begs to differ. Where were the labia? I don't Labias think only there exist was. on vaginas. <laughs> you see, folks, there's an outer labia and then an inner labia. Well, you and see, Travis, his fucking I have to be had a female. Both. Well, look in the mirror. I'm oh, sorry. Jesus <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't recommend this movie. I didn't. I didn't really care for it. Best wrap up ever. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, there he goes. All right. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I didn't say anything on right. podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mostly because I, I honestly like had nothing to say about this movie. I sat, I was awake the entire time. I watched the movie. I was not bored. I didn't I wouldn't walk away and say I hated it, but I wasn't moved either way. I was 
Okay, so I was confused as, like, as all hell. Like, I, that movie confused the hell out of me. I never knew whether he was in a hallucination or whether it was real. And there was a point where I just finally just said, ah, forget it, I gave up. And, and I couldn't follow what was anything that was going on. Because they'd be like, here's this twist, here's this turn. Oh, wait, no, no, uh, you, you know what? I finally gave up. Well, I just remember it's an anti-smoking ad. Oh yeah, he it's all started about, yep. tripping after yep. he stopped smoking. Yeah, yep, he started right. tripping. Yep. So I, I just it which was, is an anti S and M, right? Because that's why he stopped smoking. Oh well, after you burn your girlfriend's boob with a yeah. cigarette, yeah. yeah, and you smell the flesh on the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was really, you know, I was interested, like the the beginning opening shot with the picture of the boob, and then we got like some, oh, a- yeah. we, we got some Asian boobs. I'm like, yeah, and then you get to see Blondie's boobs, but then after that, there was no <laughs> more boobs, and it started to get confusing. And they his stomach vagina. It was a giant You're vagina. Oh, yeah, most, yeah, most of this movie. You know, <laughs> and I kind of he put a gun into it. Gross. He no, no, pulled, no, no. The, uh, he pulled gun a gun out of, out of it. Yeah. Well, the gun went in. Well, oh, sure, okay. but pulling the gun out. It well. went in and That's, it came back up. Hey. Uh, much like Brent, I honestly, I don't like David Cronenberg. Like, I don't like his film. Wait, how many David Cronenberg movies have you yeah, seen? You know what? On the carpet right now, Tom. You know what? Name five. Prove I, it. I got, seen. I got, I got a history of violence. Say. Cronenberg history film? Violence history of violence. Yeah. Well, I would say I, I like I like his style. I just don't like the execution. Because I like all the stuff in his movies. I just don't like the execution. Yeah, you, you know, like, I thought... I thought going into this movie, and I, I would dig it because I'm like, man, it's about television. It's about like television controlling people, and because I work in television, I'm, I'm like, I would totally dig all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it just it just twisted and turned and just went like confusing. And I walked away, and like, I just I didn't I didn't care. It was like it's an average movie. That I just, my mind just like checked out. Like I checked out second boob and I haven't came back. Yeah, but you didn't fall asleep. I did not fall asleep. You didn't completely check no. out. I've seen it when you did. I, yeah, you have. You have. <laughs> you have. So I mean. So there was still something. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, hope for more boob, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe. Uh, you know, I. God, I didn't like this movie at all. And I just, I honestly, much like Jenny had, I, I got confidence. And that's why I haven't said anything on podcast because I have nothing to input. There's no one. I'm, I'm sorry. But <laughs> Nuns on, on roller skates with the, what was it? What's the fucking Switchblade. Switchblade. Rollerblade. 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 Yeah, it would have been more appropriate for it. Too. <laughs> what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like lead or yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, I remember the first time I saw this. I also didn't think much of it just because I do think the look of the movie is a little bland. Uh, it's the early '80s. Like I think that what you're Fancy crazy. Is that Fuck, I'm crazy. Stop. <laughs> like RoboCop. <laughs> Christ, this guy's gonna bring up every movie that 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 you like that he didn't like. 
No, no. It, uh, <laughs> as far as the look, because I seriously was thinking that. Like, no. The shots of old there's Detroit. a lot of clutter in this. The, everything's offices, so there's just, like, fucking random pieces of paper all over walls that just say random crap. You know, a little of a messy, a messy, uh, realistic look. But, uh, I do like the weirdness of this movie. Uh, I like it. I mean, it, it's got the same effect as, like, a Freddy Krueger movie or something. Like, you don't know when you're stepping into the dream state or, you know, you're normal and everything's normal. Then all of a sudden, you know, fucking who knows what can happen. You know, you don't know just what the what. Yeah, you just don't know. Yeah, that shit. So, what? <laughs> He's making a, a phallic... Uh, what the VCR to him is seen as a as a a phallic uh, like a female he's receiving phallic, so, yeah, yeah. It's, I can get it. Fucking <laughs> 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 movie ain't so hard, guys. What are you talking about? No, no it's not hard. <laughs> but I, but this is what? my second time seeing it. And I'm telling you, man, the second time is a lot. And and I probably saw this for the first time maybe five years ago or so. So it's been a long time since I've only seen it once. And watching it the second time, just every, this whole movie's a lot clearer. Like, I know what the fuck this movie's about. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, do I agree necessarily with some? You know, Cronenberg has very weird ideas. He always has, like, scientists doing these, like, mass fucking society experiments, right? Just like the, uh, you got the guy in the brood that teaches people to fucking, uh, uh, make their feelings um, yeah. into physical the guys form. Guys scanners who it, make the pill or whatever. Yeah, and this you got the uh, the priest that is. I mean, it's just such a weird scene when you go into a church and I mean it's called Cathode Ray Ministries, right? That reminded me of They Live. <laughs> you know, the mm-hmm. fact that everybody would go in that church and yeah. watch Dude on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, spreading the word on uh, you know the They Live license and stuff. And. Uh, so I, uh, I, yeah, they're very odd. Like you know, when you're in a Cronenberg movie, just because, I mean, he does create a sense of, to me, a we're like where you're at in that society, right? He, he'll always, you know, if the fucking movie is about people watching TV, I mean, everybody's watching TV like throughout this, you know, the whole movie, you know, he like sticks with the themes, but I do believe his themes. There, it's almost like they're enough to talk about. I don't think you need to necessarily make movies about them necessarily because I find the characters don't have a lot of stuff to do. They're really wandering around waiting for things to happen to them and waiting for revelations to come to them, right? They're not necessarily... Most horror movies or whatever would be like detective work shit, right? Oh, I got to find this person. I got And this kind of kind of is, you know, it has the whole, well, I need to talk to this guy now. I need to, who knows this, who, you know... Tracking who does video drone and who is against video drone, and, and uh, but uh, I mean, I have to recommend it because it's one of the fucking weirdest movies you'll ever see. You know, for that alone, it's just like it's fucking weird. And I mean, it's not to me. It's a it's a good weird. It's not like. Like to me, a racer head is bad weird. A racer head's like, oh, well, cause come on, that's something oh. where it's just like, the fuck is this about? <laughs> you know, it's about the fear of, it's of black fatherhood. And, it's black and white. <laughs> that's how arty that. Is. Fear. All right, yeah. Watch that movie with that in your mind. 
That's a, a father's, like, the, the horror, horror of a guy uh, he's yeah. left alone in a room with a crying baby. <laughs> baby gets sick. What do you do? It's a fucking nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> so, yeah. No like I said, <laughs> I recommend it. Oh, I think I'm. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm with the majority on this one. I don't. I didn't really care for the movie, um, and I, I, you know, with everybody else, I can't really explain why. Like, I, I appreciate some of the themes that were explored within it. I like um, the visual representation of of that he puts forward of what's going on. You know, the <laughs> the ingesting of everything in the stomach and all that, and, and him becoming one with you know, uh, one with the gun, one with the gun, and all that stuff. One but, with the gun. Yeah. Um but yeah, I didn't I didn't care for it. Um I can't really explain why. It's just not it didn't uh it didn't hit me anywhere whatsoever. It just missed the target for me. So uh, I'll have to I'll have to pass on it. It's nothing. Didn't make me feel like anything one way or another really. It's right in the middle. Nope. Wait, how many Cronenberg movies have you seen? <laughs> uh, oh jeez, not many. Well, I've seen, I've the seen this, the fly. I've seen the history of violence. Uh, maybe one other one. That's about it. Okay, except for maybe the fly. Do any of those make you feel anything? I wonder if that's Cronenberg's intention. You know, I mean, Shivers makes me feel bad for having a sexual desire. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I mean, yeah. it's, again, it's a thing that strikes you as a cerebral concept more than a, an emotional thing. The fly, at least, has. The love story, or you know, the doomed love story, the tragic, you know, end of the love story. I got it spoiled the fly too. Uh, oh, uh, Lord, you both set off. I know at the very beginning. I think we will spoil five additional movies in the watching of this movie. Yeah, people are going to hate us. But, you know... Uh, Can you believe the dad got his memory back in Clockwork Orange? I can't believe that. <laughs> what the hell? It didn't work. It, it, it crying work. game. It's a man. It's a man. Uh, Sixth Sense, Bruce Willis is dead. Okay. Oh, no. so, All the time. <laughs> the Titanic sinks. He is Kaiser Soze. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was the worst. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. That's funny. So, <laughs> God damn it. The spoiler episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh. So, uh... Go through the list. Yeah, so now I yeah, forgot what I was saying. Oh, okay. So the Darth Vader's Luke's father. Oh, yeah, shit! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brad Pitt and Edward Norton and Fight Club are the same. Same oh, person. <laughs> you just blew my oh, mind. Man. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, they're, they're on Earth in Planet of the Apes. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, damn uh, you! All the time, all the time. You blew it up! Uh, so, Cronenberg's uh, contemporaries at the time in the... Oh, Wrote... Rosebud was a sled. Was the fucking sled. <laughs> the sled. Uh, the contemporaries were John Carpenter, Toby Hooper, uh, Wes Craven. Uh, who am I missing? Uh, you know, I mean, those are the guys who were like, you know, formed my like. Those are the 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 Mount Rushmore of horror movie filmmakers, right? And then there's David Cronenberg was was in there. And Cronenberg's stuff was always very different than well, George Romero, right? Probably. No. Uh, and <laughs> I'm going to like think of somebody else probably as we go here. Okay. Dario so, Argento. I only found out about him later, though. Well, what's, I didn't know. That doesn't mean he know. doesn't get to be oh, on I the know, fucking know, Mount Rushmore when, horror but people. When, but when I had the Mount Rushmore, you know, my personal Mount Rushmore as a kid 
was these guys, you know, and then there was Cronenberg and like Cronenberg stuff. When I saw it, when I was younger, I think maybe I saw scanners first the guys, fucking head explodes like 10 minutes in the movie. And it's like, when you see it, you remember it. I mean, stuff's like that's been done since then, but it's like, it's that, that made an impression. Um, you know, I saw, uh, they came from within AKA shivers oh. on like the late show one night and there's scenes on that TV. Movie. Yeah. Jesus yeah, there was a scene in that movie that was not edited. Really? They, it was on, like, yeah, a local Ladies channel. and gentlemen, all of this is rape and eating. If zombies raped you before they eat you, no, that's shivers. There's a woman in a bathtub, and, yeah. like, one of these slugs crawls up through the drain, and she's unaware no. of it, but it... No. Guess where it goes. Yeah. No. And it tra- it's a sexually transmitted in her parasite. In her vagina vagina. makes everyone <laughs> who gets the parasite within them is super horny. Super so horny and hungry. fucking everybody else in this apartment. It all happens in this Right? Apartment. Am I crazy? They fuck and eat them, right? No, they just fuck. Are you sure? Yeah, because they, they kiss they're them, can- and then they, you see the, oh, the thing. Oh, I thought they were like goes, fucking cannibals. No, Literally. Just, yeah. <laughs> but they fuck them to death, don't they? No, they transmit they, the parasite. They just transmit so the parasite. So what's the horror? Transmit, trans... What? Sexually transmitted <laughs> disease. <laughs> I mean, it's been, well, it's a parasite that is slug. I open the floor back up to Tom. Tom, <laughs> continue your wrap up. Okay, it's a sexually transmitted well, disease. So, so it's 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 the raping everybody, right? Is there like other than raping being a terrible, terrible thing? Yeah, that was far that, in the seventies. Nobody else talked. Nobody else talked. Oh goodness! Can <laughs> we move on? So that's yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so Cronenberg made these really weird movies. I mean, like these other guys made, you know. Uh, well, I mean, Carpenter made exploitation movies that we give more credit to because, like, of his style. He was uh, like a Hitchcock devotee, right? He's the evolution of like the Hitchcockian style, or. Uh, you know, uh, Romero made politically minded zombie movies, right? And, uh, uh, well, Craven was just doing Survivor. straight up <laughs> exploitation films, I suppose. But they were creative, I suppose, you know, his, whatever he brought to them. And then you had Cronenberg, but Cronenberg was the guy who seemed to be aiming, uh, for your head. He was trying to engage you with his concepts, you know, and like he wanted you to think about what you were seeing, what it meant and all this. So it wasn't just like a visual, you know, experience of, you know, this guy goes here and goes here and then this happens to him. And, you know, there was more to it than just the plot. It's like, you know, he's laying on like all these really thick ideas in each of his movies. And I think, you know, as I said earlier, trying to illustrate these abstract concepts with like literal uh, illustrations. Did you say that? illustrate illustrations? Anyway. illustrations? Yeah, so that made him interesting. Uh, when I first saw Videodrome, I remember going like, what in the fuck? Because I think the, the danger yeah. that you run with yeah. doing a movie where you're subjectively in the point of view of a character who's hallucinating is at some point... I think is, you know, most of the people, because I noticed that Travis recommended this movie and I'm going to recommend this movie. We've seen it multiple times. Our first time through, you know, I'm saying my first time through, I was like, you know, because when you're experiencing it the first time through, when, when you have all these switchbacks and you're like, is that real? Is it not real? You go, well, I don't know if this is real or not. So then the consequences of it 
don't matter. And so, therefore, I'm, I don't feel connected to it, you know. Uh, but when you that watch it... That doesn't engage you more? That always engaged you know, me more it, but, when you don't know and you're like, holy fuck, reality is shifting, you know, it's morphing. It's, you know, that's scary to me, right? Yeah, but like you suggested something that I had never even considered was that halfway through the movie, James Woods, in objective reality that somebody else could walk into the room and see is sitting on his fucking couch <laughs> tripping his balls out and none of this is actually happening right i've always interpreted that like basically we're seeing a twisted version of what actually did occur he did go kill his yes. uh you know his partners at the place he does go kill the video drone people he does commit suicide how does he do the hay grenade <laughs> I don't know. See, that's the thing. You don't know what actually the transpired. The president of Civic TV right, killed his partners, then, like, right. blew up the southern <laughs> it guy. It's, it's, it's everything minus the opposite view showing what's really happening. Right, right. I think that makes it intriguing in a way that, like, it gives you stuff to, you know, uh, I mean, that gives you stuff. It's conjecture about, yeah. at that point. We can sit around here and go, like, well, maybe this happened and maybe this happened. And so somehow, you know, that feeds into the experience of watching the movie. It's more in some way than just watching, you know, like, I was going to say, it's more than watching Assault on Precinct 13, where you know, it, which is, you know, exactly what's happening. But I'm, I don't know if I'd say this movie's better than that, or the, better than that experience. So that was probably a bad example, you know. <laughs> I understand it's different. Um, uh, so I guess, you know, I mean, my position is, it's like, at this point, I've seen it more than once because I was intrigued by what I saw. It was different enough, and I was aware that, like, this is something that, like... I mean, there's nothing else like video drone, right? Right. I've never there's seen a guy make out with TV that, before, so, yeah. yeah. But, you know, but even when I said that, like, immediately the ring comes to my mind. It's like the Why idea that ring? video drone well, is like, well, it's the, TV that yeah, kills you. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. yeah, but it's more than that. It's viral TV that kills you. You know, I mean, right? I mean, I video, suppose it's the execution that obviously yeah, differs. Yeah. I mean, because that also is a movie that's making criticism about how much TV is in our lives. And, you know, I mean, I remember the scene where Rachel walks out of the balcony and looks across at her neighbors in that apartment block, and, like, every fucking single person is, like, doing nothing but watching TV. This is after she's just had a, a dangerous experience with television. So... I mean, they're all like these cautionary tales about watching too much TV. It, you know, it's somehow Videodrome was like, uh, saw the future in some way or imagined a future at that point that in some ways has come true. And we're living in a Videodrome reality kind of where like, you know, I mean, virtual reality is a thing, uh, um, you know, I mean, I remember hearing that, you know, at some point somebody was talking about, like, broadcasting live, you know, like an actual ex execution, you know, and I don't think that was ever, I don't know how real it was or whatever, but there's always seems to be like that in the zeitgeist, like, what if they put executions on TV? Wouldn't that be a deterrent, you know, for, for criminals, like, you know, but then you got other people who would enjoy it, you Just know. get so, off on it, yeah. <clears throat> but the fact that they are even having conversations like that seem to be predicted by video. Yeah. A movie that, you know, in some weird way saw the future. That may be giving it too much credit. I don't know, but it feels that way to me, and I think that's why I like it. And I would say, yeah, definitely, you got to check out uh, Videodrome, uh, especially, you know, if you are fans of, you know, the stuff that it has, uh, uh, its offspring.
these bastard children that are still out there and probably will be forever. People making out with TVs and appliances. <laughs> People coming out of TVs. Yeah, making out with TVs and appliances. <laughs> So that's Video Drome on the Saturday Night Freak Show next week. Jenny will be shocking us with her Christmas pick of... Alright, it is the cinematic classic that makes me laugh. Black Christmas. Makes me cry. I actually love this movie. Home Alone. (laughs) (laughs) It's Home Alone. Home Alone, next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show. And until then, the basement is going 